Warning, this episode contains strong language. And I started posting some of the stuff that I, that I would write on social media and I started seeing some really strong feedback. And so I come back from that trip, I pick up the phone, I call up my friend who was with me at that dinner and I say, hey dude, remember that, that book you were talking about? The book you said I was on chapter two? He said, yeah, I remembered it, he nodded his head. <laughs> I said, I think I'm on chapter 12 right now. So I don't know if you know somebody, but I'm ready to start writing. Welcome to the Lone Star Play Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Join me and a famous guest. We discuss their career, life, food, Texas, and everything in between. Let's get started. back to the Lone Star Play podcast. That's right. It's a season three premiere, January 2021. Can't believe it. I needed a break, but I missed y'all. Not going to lie. Missed y'all, but super excited to be back. Hope you had a great holiday with your family, uh, whether it was remote or in person, uh, you know, done safely, of course. Uh, hopefully COVID will get, you know, we'll get past this COVID stuff this year, guys. It's going to happen. I promise. Vaccines out new uh, transition of power. Yes, I would be remiss if I didn't discuss the Capitol siege that happened uh, recently. I was absolutely insane. Um, you know, just my heart goes out and our hearts go out to uh, everyone who uh, and their families who uh, passed away, fortunately, that day. So look, I'm excited for what's coming, right? And let's get to what's coming in this podcast, y'all, because I have a great episode, great way to start off the season and the new year and everything we have going on. Um, Sam Acho. Does the name sound familiar? Yes. Okay. He's a free agent right now in the NFL, but he's also the vice president of the NFL Players Association. Okay. He's a wonderful guy. He wrote this wonderful book right here, Let the World See You. It says, how to be real in a world full of fakes. Boy, do we need this right now, right? This is a great read, y'all. Great read. Um, and uh, yeah, just a great book. He came on to talk about it. Talked about, you know, the NFL, playing in the NFL. Also talked about what his role is in the NFL Players Association, what he does and what he's done and what they're looking to do, especially with COVID and everything going on. It must be insane right now um, handling all that. And of course, his book. Okay, y'all? talk about his book we could get good insight into you know what inspired him to write it uh some great stories that are in it and um why you should read it and why you should buy it so please check about check out the book check out him and definitely check out this podcast all right uh, we'll put links um in the description of how to uh, get the book all right so before we get to uh, his interview, which is wonderful, by the way, okay, um, let me tell you about, as always, Texas Real Food, right? Got to discuss Texas Real Food a little bit here. Um, don't forget, you go to their website, you're going to find recipes, articles, right? All kinds of cool stuff that's on there for the new year. It, the, the site is exploding with great content. I'm telling you reviews, other podcast reviews. Yes, there's other podcasts out there besides this one. Um, documentary reviews. There's just it's everything food related. It's absolutely wonderful. It's really blowing up. Because uh, aside from just what Texas Real Food 
does the main site, right? The directory where you just put in your zip code and you find all the cool places around you. Um, it, it has all these other resources and it's free. Okay. So just go to the site, check it out, sign up and, uh, you know, stay, stay in touch and let's get this real food movement going in Texas, right? We need to be knowing what we're eating. It needs to be real. All right. Um, all right. Other, other exciting news that I'm actually very excited to uh, discuss, y'all. I'm, I'm, I can't tell y'all. Really, I'm excited. Okay, we finally have our own Instagram, Twitter, Facebook uh, handles. Okay, so you can now follow us at Lone Star Plate TX. Okay, so please, we're, we're low on, we, but we just started this. Okay, so we need to get this, we need to blow this stuff up right now. So Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, again, Lone Star Plate TX. Um, please go on there and follow us on either of those that you're on. That's where we're going to start posting everything. And uh, yeah, we're really excited to get that going and grow it. We just got too big. We, you know, we were always piggybacked on the Texas Rufus stuff, but we just got too big and we couldn't be there. You know, we needed to have our own, our own stuff. So very excited to, uh, to get that going. And you know what? You're going to find me on there commenting and, and, you know, you know, whatever what else do you do on social media commenting and looking at stuff i guess that's what i'm be liking stuff you know sharing so you know please tag us uh and and post and share it and tag it and look i'll i'll put in the stories i'll tag it whatever i'll do whatever i can let's let's engage and also youtube okay our youtube is just crushing right now to be frank with you it blew up over the holidays we had a few videos that just went i mean you know semi-viral i guess viral for us you know texas viral um you know, Lion Daniels in particular, okay? There's a movie on Netflix called We Can Be Heroes. It's actually the first movie to go number one on Netflix twice because it came out on Christmas, went number one, kind of dipped down a little bit and then came back again, number one again. Unbelievable. So we had Lion Daniels on in June, I think it was. He's in the movie. He's a star of the movie. He's one of the kids. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the interview did okay back when it came out, but the movie's out now. It is exploding now. He He's exploding. Um you know, so definitely check out that interview. Um, great, you know, great kid, great interview. He talks about the movie, really cool. So you can get some insight about it. Um, yeah, so again, lots of other videos that are just doing really well, great conversations that are happening. That's where a lot of our engagement is online, to be honest with you, is in the YouTube comments. So go check out the YouTube stuff. Um, right now, it's still under Texas Real Food, but we are name changing it. So, it, you know, if you subscribe to that channel, when we name change it, you'll still be there. So definitely go to that, subscribe. We're gonna be name changing. It's just a big deal to change names and get videos off. So that's the last social media platform. It's just gonna take a little bit of time, but we are gonna get that done. Uh, so go subscribe there, Texas Real Food. Subscribe to that channel. You can find all of our Lone Star Plate videos there. But again, it will change to the Lone Star Plate. So if you see the name change before the subscribe or after, or whatever, it's coming. So, okay, anyway, all right, guys. Uh, Sorry, got a little message there. Um, okay, another thing I'm excited about and more stuff we're gonna be doing in the new year is a giveaway, okay? We're gonna be doing a food giveaway soon. I, I can't, uh, it's gonna be a surprise as to who and what and how much, but I'm gonna tell you it's a lot and it's really cool. So you're gonna wanna, you know, check out our social media, okay? Again, go to Lone Star Plate TX. Go ahead and start following and subscribing and whatever you do. Uh, and so you can stay up to date of when this, um, you know, giveaway is going to be. I'm obviously going to talk about it on the podcast, but we're going to do the giveaway on social media. So, okay, 
All right. So again, we're really excited about that because you know why we're doing this giveaway and why we're doing. To be honest with you, I, look, I pinch myself every day that, that this is you know something that I get to do. Um, so I thank y'all so much for supporting this and supporting us. And I want to continue to do a good job, just like everyone, you know, part of the team. We all take this very seriously. And uh, again, you know, I, I hope I don't reiterate that too much, but thank y'all so much. You know, I just want y'all to know that we really do appreciate y'all listening and tuning in and sharing the podcast and the stories and getting involved. And uh, it's really cool. Really cool. Really, really do uh, enjoy that. And that's why you know, we're moving into this engagement so I can have more of a, an engagement with y'all, you know, online, um, you know, because when I do the podcast, it's just, you know, it's hard to have that engagement, right? So yeah, very excited. And, you know, we just want to do some stuff for y'all. So thank you so much. Okay, guys, let's get to the interview. Okay, here we go. Sam Acho, very excited. Enjoy. Yeah, there we go. Bam. Love Bam. <laughs> I love it. Is this uh? It, I hope this doesn't come off wrong. Are these PJs? Are you into PJs there? Is that PJs? No, nah, dude. This is a. This is actually like a. So I had on like a sweatshirt, and then my wife was like, "Dude, you got to look nicer than that." So I, this is a, I think it's the unbuttoned. The top is unbuttoned. She's it looks like, like, like some PJs. I'm playing. It, it yeah, does. It looks like the like PJs. just the nicest like PJ top I've ever seen. No, like it looks like silk. Tight, it's just a tight. It looks great, man. Trust me, you look good. Sure. Look like I'm just got it rolled out of bed at noon. No, uh, man, no I, I mean, good. look, I mean, I look like I just went to Home Depot or something. I don't know. I don't even know what I what. <laughs> it's all good. Hey, listen, man, I've been reading your your book for the past uh, few days. Just incredible, man. Just absolutely incredible. And and I want to start with with something that I I heard in another interview that you gave that you said that you wanted when people read this book that you wanted it to change their lives mm -hmm. and that got, that got me thinking actually because i thought got me thinking about a few things one i was thinking what an what a endeavor to write a book and think i want to change people's lives with this book which is awesome i mean i love the you know the trajectory that you want to take that with but it also got me thinking well what books in your life have yeah. have changed right like have have made a difference for you obviously uh you know um the bible is probably an important book in your life of course but aside from that what what books in your life have changed you and then we'll get into your book and maybe how that's inspired i, I like how things connect yeah no i love that question but for me i think most recently the book that's changed me the most is a book by a woman named sarah young it's actually mm -hmm. devotional and it's called it's by a woman named sarah young and it's called Jesus Calling. It's a daily devotional. It takes like, it's a two minute read, 30 second read really. Yeah. Um, that literally like for the, every day for almost two years, I would just read it. And it just kind of got my day started off right. That book probably was the singular most important book, devotional, whatever you want to call it. In my, uh, transformation is probably not the right word, but it's a word I'll use. In my transformation and my growth, it just reminded me that, okay, as much as your life or frustration, all these things try to grab me the oh, got me got it and i don't have to be strapped or or have distorted by whatever's going on as i remember who's with me yeah absolutely um do, do you travel with books and stuff is that something you normally do 
I, I don't, to be honest, I'm not the most voracious reader, right? Being an author, it's like, what are all the books? I'm not the most yeah. voracious reader. I, I started a lot of books. I, for me to finish a book is a big deal. Right? I'll start a book, I'll finish a book, right? I'm with um, you. I don't, I don't, when I travel, traveling is not usually the time when I'm reading. The one time I, I, I will say this, when I was getting ready to go get married, I was trapped. My wife is from Nigeria. So I traveled over to, to Nigeria, 14 hour flight to go get married to wow. this woman. Her name is Ngazi. I talk about this in my book and let the world see you. I talk about this trip and how we got married and how we met. Um, on that trip, I did bring, I did bring a book. Uh, it was a book called Love Does by a man named Bob Goff. And so I was reading that oh, book on my flight to Nigeria as I was getting ready to go really propose to this woman who I'd known for, you know, 15 years, since I was 15 and the book pretty much the summation of the book is love is that love is an action uh, word. Love is a verb. Love doesn't just talk about things. It doesn't just think things. Love does things. And for me, it really uh, things came together. It equated for me because I was on a flight to Nigeria. Very few people knew. I mean, my, my family knew and some close friends, but no one knew I was playing in the NFL and I'm going to Nigeria to marry this woman who, uh, and there's a story behind it. It's in the book. I don't want to give it away. I might give away some of it on this podcast, but I was doing something. I was acting and showing my love. So that was a book that I really enjoyed on a flight. Another one is a book called the meaning of marriage. That one I didn't read. I read on some flights, but I one I actually sat down. It's, it's by a guy named Tim Keller. And I, I, that was important for me. My dad is a marriage counselor. And also I know, I just know the importance of a good marriage. And so for me, that book was another helpful book. I think, like I said, I read that one more sitting down, but I did take that with me on certain flights. And I was writing in it, taking notes the yeah. whole nine. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Well, you can also carry a thousand books in your iPad, right? If you travel. So, uh, you know, in, in some ways you always have access to to something if you need it. Uh, but that's that's great. Wow. What, what an incredible story. Of course, going to Nigeria. Yeah, we don't, we don't want to ruin any any of the suspense uh, in the book there. Um, but, you know, just what an incredible journey that you've been on to write this book, right? Because you, you played in the NFL, which is just, first of all, incredible. You know, when I think of that, I think, oh, my God, yeah, like I played football in Texas, but I mean, obviously nothing at your level. Like I played in, in uh, eighth grade and in, in ninth grade. Right. Okay. So we're talking like what school did you go? What nothing. part of Texas? Oh, it's a, it was I, some, what part it, of Texas? Grapevine. So I, I okay. went to the Grapevine area. Yeah. 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 Uh, Jack yeah. Brewer was from my school. Nice. Um, so anyway, yeah, I mean, look, it's it's just one of those things. But I think like you're playing at this level that's, of course, it's the NFL. What what my first thought was, like, God, I got to ask this guy, what what does it because I've, I've met a lot of football players, but I've never had a chance to just ask him this question. What does it feel like to get hit in the NFL? <laughs> like, what is that? That I mean, it's got to feel like a trend and you give the hits, too. But at the same time, I'm curious as someone that knows to give hits. What do you feel like, you know, when you get both? I guess your, your reaction to both giving a good hit well, and taking one. Yeah, it's funny. People, so the, the, the most interesting question I've been asked around this topic is, is not necessarily what does it feel like to get hit. They, people ask, what does it feel like to fall down? That's what they really? ask you about. To fall. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, you're because you're falling down all the time on the surface. How does it feel to fall down all the time and get back up? And you, I'll answer that question the same way I'll answer this one is you don't really feel it. You don't really feel it. So when you get knocked down or fall down, you immediately are taught to get back up. Yeah, so you don't yeah. feel the fact that you fell down, right? And even giving a hit, right? Giving a hit or even receiving a hit, you don't really feel it. You're going, you're running, you're moving. All of a sudden somebody knocks you, you fly off and then you roll and you get back <laughs> up because you don't want to stay on the ground. 
You don't feel it. You don't think about it. So that's the receiving it, giving hits as well. Now it feels good to give a hit, especially as a, as a you know, as a dude and man and woman. I don't care who yeah. you are. Like just letting out some of those, those you know, these emotions, right? The, sure. uh, you know, testosterone or whatever. It feels good to give it. Uh, but getting hit, you don't, it doesn't, you're used to it. You're wearing pads. You got your, your, your gloves on, your hands taped up. So you're prepared to use your, your hands as, as weapons. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I, I moved from football to hockey. I started playing hockey. I know Texas hockey, but we were part of like the first group when the Stars had moved from Minnesota. And, you know, it, it was a small group of us, but we were playing hockey a lot and we started hitting. And the thing I remember, I mean, I got knocked out. I got my teeth knocked out. I mean, it's definitely, it's true what they say. Like, it's, it's some crazy stuff when people fight. But I remember the thing with me, you get hit, it would always... You're right. It wouldn't, you wouldn't really feel you just keep going. But I would remember if you gave a good hit, you didn't even feel it. It was like the person brushed off yeah. of you or something Yeah. because it was yeah. perfect contact. Right. It was like such yeah, a you weird don't feel feeling. It. That, that, and that's the thing. Yeah. Like you feel, you feel a joy. Yeah. From yeah. Giving <laughs> a good hit, you know, and that's the thing. Like I think hockey, like people say football, I think hockey because y'all are always sitting every time for me, I'm using my hands more. I'm throwing people down. I'm like sacking a quarterback, but to give a good hit, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's one of these, like, you know, we need to talk to some, you know, some um, people who are in like physics and stuff, right? Force <laughs> vectors and geometry and the, the math behind it. But man, you don't feel it, right? People's momentum, it sometimes carries them to where they need to go. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what a great answer. I'm glad, I'm glad we got that out of the way. I was just so curious about that. that that's definitely something. Because uh, I also think about these are just different experiences. I mean, you're playing at a level of something that's the best in the world. And that's just such an incredible world to be a part of, no matter what you're doing. So, yeah, to, to know what that feels like. I know people listening are going to you know, be curious about. Another thing I thought that, that I saw that was uh, great is that you're part of the Players Association. You're one of the vice presidents and you're in your second term, which I think is awesome, man. This, this is what I love about you is that you you don't just play football like you're part of this whole community and you're trying to do all these other things and make it more than more than that. And I think that's just such a beautiful thing. So being a part of the players association, I'm just curious what, what, why join it and what did you hope to get out of it? You know, for this. Yeah. Well, I'll start with the, I mean, the third question, right? Why, why join? What did you hope to get out? And even like, what do you do? Right. What does someone who's an executive committee member, a vice president of the NFL players association do uh, for me, most recently, it's been talking a lot about how do we deal with COVID in the NFL. Yeah. So obviously, if people are watching games or watching, if there are games to be watched, they're not getting <laughs> delayed by days and sometimes weeks. A lot of my job right now is making sure that the players' voices are heard when it comes to the COVID situation. You got the NFL who wants games to be played. You've got players who want games to be played as well. But also, you've got it. There's some negotiating that has to happen. What do we do to make sure we're playing the game in the safest way possible is playing the most advantageous thing to do for both players and ownership. Obviously I'm on the side of the players. So most recently that's, those have been the discussions I've been having before that it was about the collective bargaining agreement, right? If y'all, if people who were football fans are listening, you remember in 2011, there was a, there was a lockout NFL lockout. And so for a few months, really, there was no football. And now it started yeah. right in time as the season was starting, but there was no training camp. There was barely a draft. And, and, and that's, yeah. that was that season. And we did come to an agreement just a few months ago, but without that agreement, there either would have been another lockout or potential, uh, potential of a player strike. Oh, and so wow. that's what I've been doing this most recent 
the most the, the, the new term is talking about the, the COVID situation. In the previous term, it was negotiating that that collective bargaining agreement. Yeah, in the COVID situation, you know, at least at least the collective bargaining agreement, you've got some history to go on. There's some references, precedents of sorts. Uh, but with COVID, this has to be absolutely insane to tackle this. No, no pun intended there. Um, yeah, no, it's been right. it's been yeah. There's been so many ups and downs. Like just to your point, like to your point, every day is new. Yeah, every day is new. Whether it's a new game getting canceled or getting pushed back from a from a Thursday Thanksgiving game to Sunday, then to Monday, then to Wednesday. I mean, it's everything is new. And I would love to say, well, that's just part of the job. But in all reality, no one knew this was going to be part yeah, of the job. No, We're no, all no. Just as surprised as anyone else. Yeah, 100%. but we have been put in these positions of leadership to try and help lead, guide, um, and give advice uh, to, to, to not only the players, but also to the public. Absolutely. Well, it's, uh, you know, as a, someone that's, you know, wants to see the games and as a fan, you know, all the fans out there, definitely going to appreciate what everyone's trying to do just to make it happen. Right. Because it's, again, just unprecedented. So, you know, my hat's off to you and everyone involved that's uh, making all these things happen. It's incredible for all the leagues, uh, really NBA, I think uh, soccer too. Uh, everybody that's hockey, everybody that's having to make this happen. It's absolutely uh, just incredible. So, yeah, uh, incredible. Look, I definitely want to get to this book, man, because. Uh, again, th this I just started reading it and I just couldn't. I, this sounds so cliche, but I couldn't put it down. And and to be frank, I'm going to be up front and, you know, people that listen to the podcast know this about me, but I'm not a believer. Uh, but that doesn't mean uh, that I can appreciate, um, you know, a good book or a good message, if you will. Um, so that, that's what I got out of your book. That's what I loved about it. It, it was just so, there's so good messaging and so much respect for what you've been through and the journey you've gone through to, to get to this point and then write this book that reflects a lot of that. It's absolutely amazing, man. And um, it, it is inspirational, you know, even to someone like myself. Um, so I'm curious, one, you know, why why write this book? I guess we'll just start there and just see where where it sort of uh, branches out from there. Yeah, no, I, I wrote this book. So my book is called Let the World See You. You can see it in the back. Let the world see you how to be real in a world full of fakes. And I started writing this book because I noticed that people love to pretend. And it wasn't just people on the outside. I noticed I was the same. I would pretend. I would try to fit in with one crowd, whether it was in the, the football crowd, I would try to fit in. Or the, you know, if you're watching this, right, I'm Black. So fit in with the Black crowd. Yeah. Or if I'm, you know, fit in with my, I went to a, a school called St. Mark's, a number one private school, college prep, nerdy school. Fit in with the nerds. I tried to always fit in and put on these different figurative masks. And I, it got to a point where I just wasn't me. And it wasn't that I didn't know who I was. I knew who I was, but I didn't want to show who I was out of fear oh, that I wouldn't fit in. Yeah. yeah, I knew. I think a lot of I, I really do believe this. I think a lot of us, we know who we are deep down yeah, inside. That's interesting. We know who we are. But the thing is, do we want to show who we are? Yeah. That's wow. the question that a lot of us are still trying to grapple with. And I grapple with that. And I didn't show myself from being 13 years old and hiding in a bathroom stall because I was getting made fun of from some kids by some kids to being 30 something years old in NFL locker room. And no, I'm not hiding in bathroom stalls, but I would still and go and, and wouldn't show people the real me. Yeah. And so finally the weight of that just became too much. And I realized that I wasn't even anywhere close to who I wanted to be from the husband to the father, to the friend, to the brother, to the son, it wasn't me. 
And I was just carrying this weight and it was just getting so heavy. And finally, I just, I, I, you know, in a lot of ways, I, 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 I'll call it a breakthrough is what I'll call it. I was sitting down with a friend and he, and I'm just in tears. I'm like, dude, I don't know what's going on with my marriage. I don't know what's going on with my, with me. I just don't know what's going on. And I told him, I said, I just, maybe I need to get back to football, right? I, we got, we start training camp in a week. As soon as I get back to football, then everything will be okay. I'll be fine. That's what I told him. Yeah. And, you know, thank God for good friends. He looked at me and he said, Sam, if that's how you feel right now, he said, I'm concerned about what happens when, when football is taken away from you, either when you retire or when you can no longer play. I'm actually really concerned about you, about your marriage, your relationship with your kid. I'm really concerned. And as he's saying this, as I'm thinking about everything that had been going on, I I started to cry. Wow. Six, three, I'm six, six foot three, 260 pounds in tears in front of, at a restaurant with my friend. And he looks at me and I, he had never seen me cry before. He always seen the smile and the, the, the footballs and the books and all the things, the great things. Sure. And I'm crying. And as I'm crying, it wasn't the, the, like the one little drip, like the pretty cry. It was an ugly, like, <laughs> you know, one of those. <laughs> yeah. And he oh, looked yeah. at me, he looked at me and he said, you know what, Sam, it, it's really nice to see you. Wow. It's really nice it's to see you. Interesting. And I, and I look up and I, I kind of wipe some of the tears away and I'm in my, I have this perplexed face look as I'm like, what, what do you mean? It's nice to see you. And he says, Sam, I've known you for seven or eight years now, but I've never seen this side of you. He said, it's good to see and to know that you are human. And to your question of why did I write this book? He said this, he said, Hey, you never know. Maybe God is writing a book in your life and you may only be on chapter two. And I'm sitting there like, dude, do you know what I've been through? You're talking about a book and chapter two. What are you talking about? Well, fast forward a few months later and uh, what seemed bad got worse from an injury, a torn pec that year, going to my eighth year to losing my starting spot to being out for the season to my wife and I, we were having, she was at, we were having our third child and she had some complications after the, after the pregnancy. So didn't know mm. what was going to go on with her, if she was going to make it to mm. all in, all in the same kind of span to my house flooding, to my uh, losing a mentor, my mentor died. I mean, all of this thing, my wife's wallet got stolen all in like a six month period. And I remember I had this trip. We had a, a five, it was a five year anniversary. Me and my wife were going to go to South Korea. My, my friend who was an administrator there, she had, had this whole thing set up for me to do a football camp in South Korea oh, wow. and, a, and, a, and to speak, yeah, and to speak at the business school, George Mason University, South Korea campus. And we'd all, wow. we had it all set up, but a few weeks before her wallet got stolen. My wife at the time wasn't an, a U.S. citizen. So that wallet had her, had her resident card. Her green yeah. card. Resident, exactly. My wife's from Spain. So, so I've, I've been through bingo. it. Bingo. There you go. And so she couldn't go. We, we, uh, yeah. So you'll, you'll get this. We actually went to the U.S. embassy or excuse me, to the Nigerian embassy in Atlanta to get a new, a new passport, new something. Yeah. And we went to go get this new passport printed a week, a month before the trip. And all of a sudden the passport machine's broken. Oh so they can't God. do it. And it, I mean, so, so literally we were praying that it would come in in time. They said, we'll mail it to you. So the day before the trip, it still hadn't come in. I said, I asked my wife, what, what do you, what do we do? She said, dude, we, you committed, you committed. So you got to go. Damn. I said, but our anniversary is supposed to be a whole trip. You committed. You go. I'll be fine. 
Wow. So I go on that trip. Mind you, everything you heard had just happened. While we were while we were at that Nigerian embassy, actually, that's when my house flooded. Oh my back god! Back in Chicago. So imagine, right? <laughs> a few weeks after that, my my um my my uh, I get released. I just signed a two year contract. I was one year into my two year contract. I've never been released uh, before in my life. Ever. Oh my! Oh, so you're right? just I've like been, I, holy shit! I was the starter. I was the guy just signed a multi year, multi million dollar contract. I'm thinking this is good, right? I have an injury. I'm doing rehab. I'm thinking, okay, year two, I'll be fine. I get released, Oof. and so I, I'm I go on this trip. I go on this trip and I speak at the, I speak at the business school. I do the football camp. I get back to the hotel and my friend who had set all this up said, Hey, we, I know your wife's not here, but there's, we have, I mean, there's a dinner set up. There's, there's all this stuff. If you want to do it by yourself, if you want come, I don't, your call. I said, I'm just going to rest. I said, I'm just going to rest. I'm just going to go to sleep. You know, I, I, it's been a long day and, just gonna rest. So I just go to sleep and and God woke me up in the middle of the night. And he woke me up and and literally hotel, uh hotel pen, the intercontinental, the hotel notepad, right? He woke me and I just started writing. Wow. I started writing. Wow. And I wasn't writing like a note to myself, I was writing about love. And about fear from my heart, right? About pain, about shame, about death, about 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 anxiety. Writing about all these different things, and I started posting some of the stuff that I that I would write on social media, and I started seeing some really strong feedback. And so I come back from that trip. I pick up the phone, I call up my friend who was with me at that dinner, and I say, "Hey, dude." Remember that, that book you were talking about? The book you said I was on chapter two? He said, yeah, I remembered it. Not his head. <laughs> I said, I think I'm on chapter 12 right now. So I don't know if you know somebody, but I'm ready to start writing. Wow. And so he put me in touch with a, with a guy by the name of Alex, this book, a book agent, this agency called The, Bi- the Bindery. And, and uh, the rest is history. That's awesome. Wow. Incredible. That's it. How, how long did it take you? How how long did it take to write? So it took me, yeah. honestly, four months. It took me four months to write, to write it. I, I started in March. I came back from that trip end of March. I started, you know, last week of March or maybe you could say early April. And I wrote April, May, June. But funny enough, I was, remember, I was a free agent. Yeah. And so I wasn't on a team. Well, all of a sudden in June, I get, I get a call to go to a football team. And so really June and July... In August, you can say five months, right? June, July, I wasn't writing. I was doing football. And I came back and, and finished it up in, in late September, turned it in October 1st. Wow. So call it, yeah, four to six months. That I bet that little break in between of writing actually helped, I bet. I don't know if it did, to be honest, because I, I was going through so. a transition. Yeah. I, I don't know. Not, not that I don't think so. I just, I really don't know. Because for me, this writing wasn't, like, I didn't write this book to to, to make money. I didn't write it because sure. it was like, hey, it's, it's time. It's time to write a book. You play in the NFL, go write. No, this book is like an overflow of my heart. I got and you. so for me, writing was therapy. And I talk about this in the book. I actually went to go to, after my friend who sat down and said, hey, chapter two and yeah. God's writing a book. He also recommended that I talk to a counselor. So I started going to therapy and even my therapist recommended writing. So writing for me was therapy. Yeah. So what you see on those pages is, is an overflow of my heart. Wow. And so I don't know if that break was helpful. And maybe I think it was in, in a sense that I was on the border of, do I want to continue to play football or not? 
And I got a chance to go back and try it out. And for, for whatever reason, I got released again, which I'm like, what the heck is going on? I've never been cut before. <laughs> and this is like twice in the span of a couple of months. And, and so there was definitely some, some transition that went on in my heart during sure. that time. Of course. But for me, the writing was therapy. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, that makes sense. I, I just know creatively, anytime I've stepped away and, and come back at it, you know, my mind's refreshed and I'm seeing it for what it is sometimes, not, not always, but I can also understand losing the momentum that you might've had. Right. And, and mind you, this was my first, this is my first book. Yeah. The world's, it just came out a month yeah, ago, a month, totally. a month, it's my first book. So I, I, I don't know what it's like to sit down and write an entire book before 55, however many thousand words. It was my first book. And so There's no right know. way. There's no right, right. way. At least all the right. authors I've interviewed, they all have a different answer and they've all said the same thing. Like there's no right way. Right. Right. You know, you just got to do it your way, whatever works best for you, whatever gets the best work on the page, the, the truest, yes. right? The most honest. Uh, yes. So, yeah, I love that. I love that so much. Um, you know, Sam, we, we always talk a little bit about food. I'm a I'm a chef. But, well, ex-chef. I, I closed my business last year, but I was in the industry for 15 years. I mean, I still cook, of course. That's never going to go away. But we always talk about food on the podcast. I, I believe food is a very important part of people's lives uh, and it should be should be something they, you know, are aware of and take care of. And it's something we promote here. So, you know, being as someone that's such a top end athlete like food, I would assume is an important part of your life. So I'm just curious, like your thoughts on different diets and what do you do? And yeah, let, let's just start with 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 that. What 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 uh, what you get into? I love that. And this is probably the most drastic statement I'll say about food, but it's really not that drastic. It just puts you into inside the mind of an athlete. For professional athlete, food yeah. for me is fuel. So I don't eat because I'm hungry or eat because I want to know. I eat to fuel myself up to perform. And so that's the way that I view, at least, especially when I'm, you know, like right in the, in the middle of a season and grinding sure. and going, food is fuel. And so I try to eat the things that are going to fuel me for the practice for the next practice, for the next game, for the entire season, food is fuel. Now, obviously you have your cheat days or you have your date nights, you have all your things, you have the foods you like, or you dislike, you have all that stuff. But generally speaking, food is fuel. Now, secondary point I'll say, uh, and people, I don't know how people, people view this, but fasting has been an important piece for me. And that's not the fuel part. That's more the spiritual uh, part, right? People yeah, yeah. There, there's, yeah, like, because for me, because food can be a, a vice for a lot of people. And I know for me, there were times where, I mean, I, like I said, I was, I'm 6'3", 260. There were some, I would, I would get up to 268, which doesn't sound like a lot, but for my position, it was a little bit heavy because every every weekend I'm going to Cheesecake Factory and getting burgers because it's date night, right? I'm like, who cares? Like, I love it, right? So I had to be like, okay, let me maybe not, right? Yeah. But then the other piece is, the other piece is, um, there's a verse, I don't remember where it is, but it talks about people's, how people's God, their, your God is your belly. It's like, I don't want that to be me. And so there would be times where I would fast and say, you know what, God, you're more important than whatever food sure. I usually eat and whatever breakfast or whatever lunch or whatever. Yeah. And so for, there, were, there was a season in life, actually my, my, my third year with the Bears, it actually happened to be my best year. I don't think there was a coincidence where I actually fasted for a portion of the season, a portion of the day during a portion of the season. Sure. So yeah, and, I, and, 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 and it really, yeah, and it really, it centered me in a lot of ways. It allowed me to realize that, yes, food is fuel, but I'm fueled by more than just food. I'm fueled by the spirit of God. 
Yeah. And so that gives me strength. There's another verse that says the joy of the Lord is your strength, right? So what gives me strength is joy. People see me, they see my smile, my joy. And so for me, food is fuel, but also it's not, it's not my God. It's not the only thing. But, but the last thing I'll say about my tertiary point is you say you're a cook, a chef. My wife loves to cook, yeah. loves to cook. And, and I mean, it's literally in her blood. She whips up things and that people take two hours. She can do it in 20 minutes. And I'm love not even it. exaggerating. I love that. And so food for us is also a, a, a sense of community, a sense yes. of a sense of. Um, fellowship, right? I don't fellowship, know. Fellowship, life in some ways, right? Yeah. Like, so, so there's like, it's not like food is bad or good. Like food is food. Like you said, we need it, um, but it, it's not everything, but it's also not like nothing i'm only gonna eat no like like i said for my job food is fuel but yeah as of now as, as a writer and a speaker i eat you know i try to keep it clean but i'm not just this robot like only eating mashed <laughs> vegetables and, and 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 green peas and carrots right yeah absolutely you gotta have some other stuff what like game day what would be a typical game day meal i'm curious so crazy enough i don't i i can't eat i can't eat before games really nothing yes. No, well, so what I'll do, I'll have, I don't know if you know about those honey stingers, the little energy kind of bars. Like I'll have, yeah. those, it's like a honey, I'll have, I can, I can do honey, honey stingers. I can do, if it's a morning game, I could do honey stingers for energy and something like that, but I can't eat a full meal, yeah. full breakfast before a game. Now, if it's a night game, I'm okay. Yeah. After, late afternoon, I can do that. Right. So the real question is what's your night before meal, right? The night yeah. before <laughs> early games, usually. So that for me. Uh, and what and there'll be times too, like there was a season two where I said, you know what? Because I had to remember that, yes, it's the NFL, but it's also just a game. So some mornings I'll just have cereal for breakfast, right? They have the bacon Love and the, the pancake. I'll just do cereal. I'm like, dude, Love I'm that. a kid. We're playing a game. Yeah. Uh, but usually not before. It'll be, you know, we'll have the the pastas and the, I'm trying to think what else I would usually eat. I know I had ice cream the night before. I usually, I'm an ice cream guy. Really? So okay. yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're burning through so many, cal- right? Right. In the game. It's, right. it's it, like you said, fuel. Just fuel. Yes. That's yes. interesting. That that is interesting. Um, okay, so game day. I'm curious what your team teammates thought. I I didn't want to interrupt your story, but when you're talking about fasting, what did your yeah. teammates think about that? Did they say anything or or curious? So they or? didn't know. They didn't know. Interesting. Love yeah, that. I didn't make it that big of a deal. That didn't, sure. they didn't know. I I you know, in NFL locker rooms, we have you gotta think, you got millionaires sitting in meeting rooms watching film preparing for games so people think oh football you're just out on the field all day no majority of your time 70 percent of your day is spent watching film 20 wow. percent on the practice field and five to ten percent working out but a majority is in the film room wow. and so oftentimes you're you're in the film room meeting for two three four five hours a day and so we'll have intermittent breaks in between those times. And in those five, 10, 15 minute breaks, guys will go to the lunchroom, get a, you know, get a, a bacon, egg and cheese sandwich, right? Because we're burning it off. Let me just grab some food. <laughs> totally. You'll see Snickers, you'll see Skittles, right? Food is fuel for some, not all, right? You'll see Snickers yeah. and, and Twix in the morning. You'll see all donuts, all that stuff. And that was me, right? Well, I told you I got a 268 for a reason. Yeah. You know, I was getting the, the bacon, egg and cheese and the whatever, because it's like, I'll burn it off, I'm fine. Um, and then it got to a point I said, you know what? I'm going to, I know I don't need that. And I know it's not helping me. So there was a transition was, okay, let me just try to do something that I like, yogurt. I'll do yogurt and granola. That would be my favorite and, and, and berries, right? Yeah. And then with the fasting piece, all I did was, so when they would go and during the break, uh, they would go to, to the lunchroom to get food. And I would just kind of find a quiet area and just pray. 
Just pray for two minutes, five minutes, one love minute. Love just spend that. some time with God. So yeah, so not, I don't cool, think they man. knew. That's cool, man. No, I love that. You're just, you're doing what works for you. You know, you're trying something, you're doing what works for you. I, I just, I love that. You know, there's like vegan ism if you want to you know what, what that movement um which i have nothing against uh n- not at all um I- i'm curious i've seen it you know bleed into athletes and that becoming like a big thing and I, I something i never thought is that something you've ever considered or thought about or i'm sure you have no people that yeah do that. That- yeah no definitely i had a teammate uh who was completely vegan and this dude looked like Look like uh, uh, an Under Armour mannequin. This dude was huge and jacked. built. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm vegan." I'm like, you can't be vegan. "Like, you're vegan? Okay, hi, I'm Sam. Nice to meet you." Like, I don't even know what that even means that you're you're too big. Uh, but for me, I I did personally. I steered away from some red meats because my body didn't digest them well. Personally, yeah. so I would do the chickens and the salmons. But vegans being, I, I'm it's. I have considered it because I do like vegetables and fruits and all the things, but. It hasn't been, uh, uh, you know, the point I'm going to hammer home and say, you know what, I'm going to be vegan for this season of life. Sure. You know, I think a lot of people, I mean, I know a lot of people have become, I mean, food has just been such a part of my life for so long. Like I've had these million of these conversations and really the key is, you know, people become vegan because of, you know, okay, environmental thing, but also the animals, right? They want to protect the animals. And I, and I get it. And I'm behind that too. Anytime I talk to vegan, look, I don't like these factory farms either. Okay. It's all about regenerative farming. Okay. There's, it's actually, if we were to, you know, take care of these animals and do it right, it's actually better for the environment than growing just vegetables and things, to be honest with you. So it's really just how we go about it right it, it, we all want the same solution but we're just not attacking the problem the same way so yeah it's it's such an interesting conversation but like i definitely appreciate where everyone's heart is coming from and what they want to do and and i definitely agree with factory farming needs to go everyone should agree with that that, that stuff has got to go it's not good it's not good for anybody or anything uh you know the food like that so um you know I, i'm curious about um you know moving forward with 2021 gosh i guess it's just too hard to i was just going to ask like what sort of plans you have but i guess it's just too hard to plan anything right for 2021 yeah i don't think anybody knows right i mean like (laughs) everybody knows what 2021 looks like now personally six months ago no one knew we would be where we're at right now i remember i remember in march i remember in march i was doing the nfl pa stuff we were doing our negotiating and the voting and all the things and and that's when the pandemic had just really people started talking about it. And I remember, cause I was making some videos about collective bargaining agreement, NFLPA yeah. stuff, and I want, and I'm encouraging people as well. So I was going to make a video about, you know, Hey guys, we're going to be fine. And I shared it with one of my friends, the guy who told me, go see oh, a counselor. So he's yeah, a good friend. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I shared it within this video pretty much saying, Oh yeah, guys, you know, this pandemic, we're going to get over it. You know, it's going to get better soon. And I said, Hey, what do you think about me sharing this? He said, dude, there's there's no guarantee this thing is getting better soon. I wouldn't post that if I were you. And I'm thinking, dude, come on, man. It's, it's two fine. weeks, three weeks, a month. Yeah. What nine months later, we're still in it. And so for me, we talk about when I'm at my best or when we're at our when I'm at my best is when I'm not worried about tomorrow or the next week or the next month. This is when I'm just looking at what I got today, what is in front of me yeah. and taking care of that. And the things that I love today and that I yeah, I would love to do in the future love speaking. So I love encouraging people. It's kind of my gift. And it's not kind of my gift. It is my gift. I love encouraging <laughs> people. 
whether verbally or even through my book, through Let the World See You. That's why I'm encouraging anybody, go get that book. It's available anywhere books are sold. It's on Amazon. It's at every single Target store. So if oh, you nice. walk into your local Target, yeah, walk into your local Target, nice. you can go get a copy, get it as a gift for yourself, for someone else, a Christmas gift. Um, so writing, encouraging that in that way, speaking. I've been doing some stuff on TV as well, which I've enjoyed as well. So, so that's, those are the things that I enjoy. That's what I've been doing. But as far as when it comes to 2021, man, I got no idea. I have a, I have a little bit of idea, but. So have some, some wishes, right? You're like, I, I, you know, I wish this, this is going to go this way. I, I look, I do know this. I, I'm, I'm, I think it were fair to say that 2021 will be better than 2020. No guarantees. <laughs> my dude told me, my buddy told me no guarantees. Cause that's what I said. I said, dude, we're in March, man. Has to it's be. going to get better. Yeah. I told my friends, like, it has to get better. Yeah. He said, don't bet on it. And so, I mean, I, and I'm an, I'm an, I'm an optimistic guy. I'm, you know, but I mean, there really are no guarantees. No one knew, you know, last Christmas, we were celebrating Christmas, me and my family. And all of a sudden, two days later, we, we lost someone very close to us. And so, yeah. We didn't know that was going to happen. That, that wasn't a, a, a happy, great situation. It came out of nowhere. Uh, even with me, right? I'm playing in the, just signed a multi, you know, big contract in the NFL. And all of a sudden, one play I'm on the field, the next play I tear my peck. So you, we don't really know what the future holds. But for me and anyone who, who, uh, who, who, who believes that what Jesus says, it's like we know who holds our future. Yeah. Right. So for me, it's, I don't know what is in my future, but I know who is in my future. So if I could just stay focused on today, and just and just like walk by, like live out what I talk about, um, then I can have peace. And that's one thing I've been I've been praying for is just peace because this is a tumultuous, yeah. yes, tumultuous time. Yes, yes. Wow, great, great words, man. That I think anybody can get behind that message, man. A hundred percent. Sam, is there anything that we didn't talk about, or anything you wanted to go over with the book, or anything I didn't mention, or I just want to make sure we didn't leave anything out that you wanted to to cover we were talking food that was good i love that um <laughs> no i think we did i think we covered it yeah my biggest thing is is like i said i love encouraging people and so if i can i love speaking and i do that but man this book this book and as, as you know it's if you read this if you get to know this book you'll get to know me you get to know I'm pretty much everything about me love that and so love anybody that. yeah anybody who not wants to be encouraged wants to have hope especially during a time like now with so much going on, whether it's COVID or race relations, whatever. If you want yeah. to have hope, go buy my book. Go get the book. Go to Target. It's it's not, it's at Target. Go to Amazon. It's on Audible. Anywhere, any way you digest books, go uh, check out. Go buy. Let the world see you. How to be real in a world full of fakes. And then let me know what you think. I'm you know you can reach out to me on on social. It's uh, my tag is at the Samacho T H E S A M A C H O. Let me know what you think. Or also just go to sammachobook.com. All my info's up there as well. S-A-M-A-C-H-O book.com. But yeah, I'd love to, um, love, I just love connecting with people. So so anyways, yeah, get the book, connect with me. Let me know what you think. Love that, man. That's awesome. Wow, what a great, that's that's perfect, man. That's probably, I was going to ask you to do that and you did it. You did it perfectly. So um, yes, man, Sam, this has been absolutely just such an amazing uh, conversation. I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you got a lot of stuff going on and, um, you know, I just wish the best for you and your family uh, during this time. And, uh, you know, best of luck with the book and everything. I know everyone that the, the reviews are ridiculous, man. Literally, people are just like loving this book. You should be very, very happy. Uh, you know, you, you accomplished what you set out to do, which is amazing. And it's just going to continue uh, to change people's lives, which is awesome, man. So thank you again for taking the time today. Thank you.
Thank you, brother. All right. Have a good rest of the day. All right. You too. All right. Bye-bye. The Lone Star Play podcast is produced by Texas Real Food. Go to texasrealfood.com and you can search your city for stores, butchers, restaurants, farmers markets, and more who are using fresh, artisanal, organic sources. It's a fun site that brings all natural options all together. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, go to thelonestarplay.com. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Until next time.